Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. If uh, you were to sign up for a course at a university on the great religions of the world, Christianity would be one of them. If you were to open up a book on the great religions of the world, there would have to be a chapter on Christianity. And within Christianity in general, the Catholic Church, you can say, not uh, because we are Catholic, but objectively, is one of the greatest within the world of Christianity. Not as a sign of superiority, but objectively, the number of hospitals that have been established by Catholics, the number of universities, the number of schools, the number of shelters, just put the numbers out there and compare to not only other Christian churches, but other religions in general. And regardless of who you are, you would put Christianity and Catholicism in one of the greatest that the world has to offer and has offered. However, in addition to Christianity being one of the greatest religions of the world, I believe it's also one of the worst and perhaps this might be surprising for me to speak of it this way. But when we look at history in the last 2,000 years, we definitely see the greatness of Christianity. But we also see some very dark moments in, his, in Christianity. And I think this is based on something very simple. When we claim a title, but refuse to live, by the content of that title. When we claim to be followers of Christ, yet the actual message of Christ doesn't affect what we do in our day-to-day -day life. We have many examples of this, most notably a few things that happened this week. I don't know um, when I've been shaken so much as this week. Uh, I think you all know that the port, Beirut port in Lebanon was exploded, right? Now there are many theories as to how, just like everything in Middle Eastern politics, a missile, etc., etc. Basically, for those who don't know the details, 2,750 metric tons of ammonium nitrate, a highly explosive material, had been stored at the port for six years without any preventative measures. As a result, only around 150 people died, but an explosion that rocked the entire country rocked the port and brought people who had already been at, the, at their knees economically and in every other aspect of their life. Why? Is this so important and related to today's gospel? Because for those of you who know the history of Lebanon, Lebanon in a sense was a dream. Lebanon was an idea that because Christianity is so great, that if you have a country that has the majority that are Christians, and even further, if the majority of the Christians are Catholics, what better could you want? This would be the most ideal country in the history of humanity. 
Well, what have we seen? Quite the opposite, quite the contrary. What we see are politicians of all religions, massively corrupt. I looked at a list of the top 10 wealthiest politicians in Lebanon. The least had $49 million. How do you get $49 million to $80 million to a billion dollars by being a politician? Now, some of them acquire that money legitimately. But the reason that is so important for me today is that it is an example of Christianity gone wrong. Of not Christianity as the greatest religion, but an example of how when we cling to titles of Christianity and empty it of its content, that's what you get. You get people who represent Christianity that are not living it. Is this exclusive to Lebanon? Unfortunately, no. There are parties around the world in Europe that are called Christian parties, consisting of Catholics and Protestants and a variety of groups. Are they any better than others? In some cases, yes, but unfortunately not consistently, yes. So how could Christianity, which is so great, have gone so bad over the years? This is something that we need to reflect on in our life as well. It is not a matter of just criticizing politicians and to be affected emotionally, but it's a wake-up call for everyone that when we see the results of people not living their life, we are encouraged, hopefully, to take a look at ourselves. Politicians and leaders have betrayed their positions. In addition to the explosion in Lebanon, there was a major explosion in a different sense at a university, Liberty University. It was a spiritual explosion. The president of the university, Jerry Falwell, Liberty University, for those who don't know, is the largest Protestant university in America, a very important university in the Protestant world, very prominent, very influential both socially and economically and politically. So what would you expect from the president of one of the most prestigious universities in America? You would expect the highest moral conduct. Well, this week he decided to post a picture of himself on social media, this great uh, invention that we've uh, come up with, it's even hard to even think of this, so just read these articles, just mind-blowing. Posted a picture of himself with his pants unbuttoned, with his underwear showing, on a private yacht, with his midriff showing, his t-shirt rolled up. That in itself would be not appropriate for somebody who is the president of one of the largest universities in America. It gets a little worse. In addition to this, he's standing next to a woman who's not his wife, and he has his hands around her waist with her pants unbuttoned and her t-shirt rolled up and her midriff showing, and she's pregnant. Well, there was a bit of an uproar, as you can imagine, and he was asked to take an indefinite leave of absence. What was his response? It was all in good fun. And 
I'm going to try to be a good boy from here on out. Well, not a very good response because Christianity has a price. Christianity has a walk. Christianity has a requirement. You cannot simply be a Christian in title, whether you are a politician, the head of a university, or anything else. So it's very easy to look at these articles and headlines and criticize others. But with the gospel and with Christian reflection on reality, it's not a matter of criticizing and looking down at others. For those who have heard this for the first time, I heard some surprises, and we should be surprised. But the greater question is, what happens if our life is known? Is there something that others will criticize? Is there something that we need to improve in our life to reflect that message? Christianity is a blessing, but it also has many challenges. And when you read the life of Jesus, when you read the life of the apostles, the letters of St. Paul, the Acts of the Apostles, Christianity was never seen as a title where somebody would stand there to wait for others to honor him or her. Christianity had challenges before it had rewards. St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians today that we heard in chapter 4, to the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless. And we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we try to conciliate. And we have become and are now as the refuse of the world and the off-scouring of all things. This is St. Paul, the greatest apostle and the great, greatest missionary of all time. Does he say, I am your leader, do as I say? And then does he go off and do other things? No, he says he is suffering for his faith because when you align your faith to actions, then something radical needs to take place. And that's the challenge for us today, is to look at things around us, whether politically or on social media that shock us, and reflect on what we are doing. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God. That is how Christianity becomes great and remains great. Not when we try to conform to the ideals of the world and those around us, but when we conform fully and totally to Christ and face the price and are ready to face the price. This is not easy. When we conform to leadership as service, not serve us, that is Christianity. So in addition to public figures today, in a variety of ways, just like our good friend Mr. Falwell, all of us have access to social media. And social media has become a world in itself. 
In fact, a world that is sometimes secretive, sometimes luring many people to do things that they don't want to do. In particular, when Facebook came out, big storm about the things that people were posting on Facebook. Of course, social media can be used as a great blessing to spread information, but it can also be a source of living a faith or projecting an image of yourself that is not consistent with your faith. In particular, we keep getting storm after storm of recent apps, so to speak. You may have heard of, some have not, believe it or not, of TikTok. And when we talk about this, some people think it's funny, but it, it is in a sense. But at a greater level, it's actually not funny when people are doing things and publicizing and celebrating a way of lifestyle that is not consistent with our faith. Christians are not for banning things. I'm not calling for a ban of Facebook or, or Twitter or TikTok. But we need an inner regulation on what we are posting and what we are communicating, even via email. When emails first came out, I was surprised how by accident on people's list, I was on people's list and people were sending stuff that, are, that is inappropriate. And now that has only multiplied 1,000 fold. And ironically, when you bring this up, or when people bring it up in a conversation, very often people are speechless. They don't know what to say. There are things like this. There are rolling eyes. Oh, what people do. Oh. There are eyes rolling and heads shaking, but there aren't clear guidelines on, on what we should do. So I offer a few guidelines. Number one, suggestions for you to consider. Number one, not only on social media, but in our day-to-day -day life, it's important to be very convinced that the message of the gospel has to be real for it to be real. Point to it in a real way in your life. I would have done this, but because of something in scripture, because of something in my faith, I decided to go against the crowd. I decided not to conform I decided to reflect what my actions are that conform to the gospel, not what they conform to what others are doing. Number one, and I think which is the most, one of the most problematic things, is that to be convinced that modesty is not a sign of oppression. If you dress properly and are, are modest. In fact, it is quite the opposite of oppression. Modesty is a sign of complete freedom from the need to conform to whatever trends are around you. And for those who understand how social trends work, for the need to be sold whatever product you need to be sold by a particular company that very day. St. Paul tells us, in addition to what I read today, to not be conformed, in his letter to the Corinthians, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own. In other words, your body is not for display. God has given you your body for a special purpose, and modesty is a special gift. Especially for us Catholics, we come to church and we receive communion. 
Therefore, this idea that, the, uh, that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit is not just a, a vague concept. We actually become the temple of the Holy Spirit because God, His body and blood, are dwelling in us to live that purity. Another verse to keep in mind when you're posting stuff or even looking at stuff because it goes both ways because the whole system is encouraged by clicks and likes, etc., etc., is to think of Matthew 5, verse 8. Very simple verse. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure of heart. Is what you're looking at, who you're subscribing to, and what now you are producing, so easy to do it on your phones, does that reflect purity of heart, purity of mind? Are you pure in your thoughts? And this purity is not prudishness, which some want to accuse you of, or being prudish. You're covering up too much. It's not being prudish. It's being respectful of yourself, respectful of others, and respectful of the gift of your body. Blessed are the pure of heart. These are the important principles that we need to keep in mind that really inspire our faith and inspire our actions. We need to be convinced of the greatness of what we believe and look for very practical steps, practical points to make that become real. Sometimes when I speak, I definitely never want to give anyone the impression that I'm condescending or making this seem easy. We are living in a world where it is exceptionally difficult to control this. Exceptionally difficult. It's not even like, even remote, like it, it's more than difficult. I don't know, I don't even have the words to express it. In a world today where you can do so many things, even ma married men and women can be living secret lives right in their homes, very difficult to, to be convinced of this, of to, to control it. So we are not trying to control the internet. I am not trying to shut down social media. But what I encourage all of you to do is to reflect on the principles of the gospel. And that inspired me from to be, to, to be so blunt about this is from today's reading where St. Paul says, I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ through the gospel. This is the kind of admonishment that I share with you, and to know that I am just like all of you. We all live with the same struggles to click, to view, to shut down, to everything else that just keeps bombarding us. I also remind ourselves that greatness today, or so my reflection for you, is that greatness and excellence, which we are simply by statistics, by the numbers that we have in our churches and in our faith as Christians, we are in the great category. But greatness and excellence is not a claim to superiority. For us, it is a responsibility 
a position of even being called Christians, to have the word Christ associated with us, the anointed one, the Messiah, who died and rose from the dead, that we call ourselves by that is a great honor. Now, it is our responsibility to rejoice in that honor, to be aware of the contents of what that honor means, and to live it. It is only when we are struggling every day to live our faith, to change our thoughts, and to change our actions, that our faith is truly one of the greatest, if not the greatest, religions of all time.